1: And welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Crystal Beach, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to send me an email, exxon at com. on all social media sites, TV. And we're coming to you tonight on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, and the Mutual Broadcast Network. My guest this hour is Katrina Rasbold. And we're going to be talking to Katrina about Uncrossing, Identifying and Removing Psychic Attacks. Now, Katrina has uh, provided insightful, accurate and helpful life path consultations to clients for over 30 years. She has worked with teachers and mentors all over the world, including three years of training in England and two years of practice in the Marianas Islands. Joining me now from California is Katrina Rasbold. And Katrina, welcome to the Exxon.
2: Hi Rob thanks for having me on it's a joy to be here
1: Well it's nice having you with us uh, Tell us a little bit more about yourself and uh, how you how your journey brought you to the work that you do as a um, as a psychic
2: you know I always had an interest in the paranormal mm-hmm. and also in alternative religious practices and so over time being as I became an adult and moved out of Protestant life in Kentucky and found other spiritual paths, I ultimately uh, ended up becoming uh, a practicing witch, and I've done that for, oh gosh, almost uh, close to 40 years now. And for about 20 of those years, I've been working actively with other people to do spell work for them, and in the last 10 years have been actively cleansing people and removing curses, crosses, entities,
1: and things like that from folks. Wow. How do How do people get attached by these different entities and you know psychic attacks this is only something that we've been learning about for the last 10 years tell us more about it
2: well you know I recently was asked to describe what a psychic attack is and it's a very broad umbrella really a psychic attack is any time your energy leaves your bubble for lack of a better term and affects another person adversely so this could be something as aggressive as stir the cauldron, poke the doll, and actively curse somebody, or simply sending massive amounts of negativity in their direction so that their spirit, their energetic force, responds to the uh, intrusion of this energy.
1: Now, your latest book is entitled Uncrossing, which implies that there is a crossing. A crossing to where?
2: You know, what, when we think about a crossing, it's similar to a psychic attack. It's a form of, of psychic attack. And a crossing is really the most common thing we're going to run across, and that is when people cause misfortune for other people by subjecting them to large amounts of negativity. A good example of that is road rage or uh, living with a person who's extremely negative or emotionally abusive. Those toxicities begin to have an effect on the people around them, and we call that a crossing.
1: So what's the difference between crossings, hexes, curses, and we've already talked about psychic attacks. So are these all negative, um, how can I best describe them, negative energy that is bestowed on someone?
2: That's my experience with it. You know, other people Mm -hmm. who are healers might have their own experience. But for me, what it means is that the psychic attack is an umbrella and we have a lot of different levels and types of psychic attacks that come under that umbrella. So the lowest, I would say, is, is the crossing. That's something that's usually not intentional as far as intending to curse a person or psychically harm them. It's it's not innocent by any means because it's usually a person who has lost control in some way, all the way up to the active curses. A hex is a little bit more personal. You know, a hex mm-hmm. is I'm going to... Uh, create an energetic experience on purpose that's going to harm you. Uh, curses tend to get very elaborate. They can be family curses that go down generational bloodlines, or they can be just really extensive curses that are intended to harm someone outside of even two or three days and, and further into their lifetime.
1: So if I'm driving along and I somebody cuts me off, let's say road rage, and I say, mm-hmm. damn you. Could mm-hmm. I be could I be cursing the guy? Hexing him?
2: Absolutely. Oh yep, boy. He did it. Good job. <laughs> Uh-oh. So what's what's happened? I mean, think about the person ahead. You were maybe in their blind spot. They didn't see you there. Mm-hmm. They're in a hurry. They're focused on work. They're not paying attention. They cut you off. You're like, damn it and you hurl this huge wad of negative energy right at them. And you don't even remember it 10 minutes later. However, that has come into their energetic field and affected them for however long, a a day, a a week, a month. Uh, We don't really give a lot of thought to what we do with our words and what we do with our energy. And the way that we can tell, for instance, that our energy affects other people Mm -hmm. is if you walk into a room where two people have been arguing, they may not be saying a word but you can feel oh, right. that there's negativity and discord there. And you, affects can actually,
1: you. you can actually feel the tension in the room, and you can cut it with a right. knife. Yeah.
2: And that's what that's about, is about being in control. And that's really the true mastery, is when we are in control of what our energy is doing, where it's going, and we are become the masters of using our energy as an effective tool for whatever we want it to do.
1: So let me ask you this, Katrina: Is it possible that you can hex yourself by mistake?
2: Uh, some people, I would say most people, hex themselves quite a bit.
1: Ooh. Okay. And
2: what happens there is that you create, and, and if if we go back to the the boundaries of what is a psychic attack, mm-hmm. it's using your energy to negatively affect another person. Well, think of how often we do this to ourselves. We, can talk, you can, we use our energy, our thoughts, to talk ourselves out of good choices, to talk ourselves into bad choices. We have toxic people around us we know we shouldn't have in our arena. Right. So there's lots of ways that we actually create hardship for ourselves. You know, and, and people see that as a form of cursing and look to it for, uh, how can I put it, excuses for the state of their lives. So if my cousin comes to me and and says, why are all the men I date alcoholics, I must be cursed. I can look back at her and say, you know, you're not cursed or cursing yourself because you pick them all up in bars.
1: I see. So there's a lot of logic that can be applied to the curses in order to find out where it came from, how it happened, and whether or not it's a real curse or it's just your own personal way of living.
2: Absolutely. And we get that. When you're working from a healer perspective, you're going mm-hmm. to do a lengthy intake interview with the client so that you can see where they're coming from, what do they think is going on. At the same time, most of us have got some type of psychological uh, therapy training, and so we're working to figure out what's going on on a different level that they're not mm-hmm. saying. And, and so that's where we're finding out in our minds, putting together what's actually going on. It's, but science and psychology all have a place in witchcraft.
1: So is there a way that we can protect ourselves so we don't inadvertently curse ourselves or curse anybody else?
2: It all comes back to that mastery I was talking about, about being in control of where your energy goes. And that includes the energy that you utilize in thought every day. So really coming down to not saying things that create negative outcomes. For instance, if you drop something and you say, oh, I'm so damn clumsy. You have just affirmed that you're clumsy, and that creates, okay, the universe believes what you tell it, so mm-hmm. you're clumsy. Congratulations. You know, you just, <laughs> So we, we give ourselves horrible labels all the time. We speak negatively about ourselves all the time, and that's the most common way people curse themselves, is by using words to describe themselves and to, in self-talk that they would never use on someone they care about.
1: Wow. You know... You just never know, and it's and my wife has a saying: if you confess it, you will possess it. So if you say you're clumsy, bang! The universe, like you said, says, "All right, you're clumsy. You know, you asked for it. it here be, it is."
2: That's correct. You know, it will mm. believe anything you tell it as true. And another thing is that our our universe, our higher self, whatever mm-hmm. you want to refer to as something that is uh, not your basic self, it doesn't hear negatives or qualifiers so if we say I really need to lose some weight what it's going to hear is weight ah. and it'll affirm the nouns Listen, so you our higher self speaks in nouns
1: okay you and I have to take our first break please stand by Exonation. Katrina Rasbold is our special guest to website crossroadsoccult.com and katrinarasbold.com we'll both be back on the other side whatever you do don't go away Is our special guest this hour, and um, I was just thinking during the commercial break about some of the children's books because uh, you know I, I believe that children should be taught as much as they can to give them a better perception of life and give them an edge in life because life is very complicated these days. Uh, should children be taught this, what you're saying about curses, hexes, in a way that they would understand?
2: I think using different terminology, absolutely. It's part of good Mm self-care. And I think that what happened is we went through multiple generations of times when children were not valued and they were not taught to value themselves. Yes. And I believe that self-talk and how we teach our children to have positive soundtracks going through their head is vital. I have six children myself that are now adults, and I can see... Playing out in them all the ways that I inadvertently put anxieties into them and discomfort thoughts into them, and I do wish that we had taught back then when I was mm-hmm. raising kids better ways to interact with yourself rather than being so worried about telling little Johnny you're sorry you hit him with the truck.
1: Yeah, uh, one of the stories that comes to mind is little engine that said that thought he could. Mm-hmm. You know that's a, that's a, in my opinion that's a very positive inspiring book.
2: It is. Th- I'd like to hear yeah. him say, "I I can do it." Yeah, not I think I can. <laughs> Be a little more assertive, young train. <laughs> well, I, well, I,
1: well, I guess it's better than saying I can't do it. I can't do it. I know I can't. I do, can it. do
2: it. Yeah. I can do it. I can do it. I
1: can do it. Tell us about your metaphysical side because you you you're you're a very very interesting person. You you covered the entire gambit. So tell us about the metaphysical aspect of Katrina Raspold.
2: Well, it was a wonderful journey, and I say that as an old lady. I've got a little bit left in me, but my husband and I, my husband is also of a metaphysical nature, mm-hmm. and he is far more Eastern thought than I am. I always say that he is more of the uh, the sort of raindrop therapy, he's a reiki master, he's a yoga instructor mm-hmm. he's he's very new agey whereas I'm more of hold my beer, I'm going in <laughs> kind of folk magic <laughs> thing. so it's a nice yin and yang that works really well together we're We're excellent partners. We've been together for twenty five years. God bless you, and w- we found ourselves with a metaphysical store, and so we have what I think by square footage is actually the second largest metaphysical store in Northern California.
1: My gosh.
2: And yeah, we, we love it. This is our day job. It's our, our side hustle. Helping people energetically is what we do. And our first book was energy magic and that came out in 2013. And it was on the Amazon bestseller list for neo-paganism for around six weeks. Number one. And it was about the movement of energy using energy to achieve positive outcome, and everything we do comes back to that.
1: Are you finding that more and more people are turning to the metaphysical side of existence?
2: You know, in, in war, there, when you're in the foxhole, there are no atheists, they say.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And now that things are struggling and things are hard, everybody's looking for a way to manage their experience and what's happening. And not everybody is comfortable with conventional or conventional religious practices. So they're looking for something different. And some people have a cultural pull to this sort of thing, where they remember their grandma rubbing an egg on them when they were little, or they remember kinds of practices that happened for them when their, their aunties did this or that. So people are coming back to the grassroots of magic for, for answers and for outcomes, mostly because it works. But we tend to be where people land when they're really in crisis. We're about the last thing on the list that they try, but they get here pretty
1: quickly. So what can we do to let people know how to prevent hitting the bottom of the barrel, but actually take control and use what they have in order to better themselves and succeed in life?
2: Well, Rob, you know people absolutely kill themselves to get in their own way. (laughs) They... They will take the roughest road they possibly can true? to yeah. get between point A and point B, and when really most of the time life is pretty simple. And I would love to see people paying more attention to accountability rather than working outside of themselves. Almost all the spell work that I do here, people come to me wanting me to change somebody else, change how someone else thinks, change what somebody else is doing. When really it's all about you, it's about the choices you make and being accountable for those. And Mm -hmm. I I think that we would avoid a lot of rocky roads if we were just very accountable for what we bring into our lives and the choices we make.
1: But how can you as a practitioner make someone else do something that they're unaware of that they're doing? For example, uh, Joe Blow comes and says, listen, uh, Katrina, I'd like Mm -hmm. you to get my girlfriend to love me. Mm Mm-hmm. Isn't there a point where you, as a professional metaphysician, has to say, well, I can't do that because she doesn't; she's not here. She doesn't know what's going on.
2: No, I just tell them it's going to take a whole lot of candles. Because a candle, you know, spell work has a, it, for one thing, it has an mm-hmm. expiration date. It's all going to wear off. And for another thing, it has a finite amount of energy that can be pushed at any time. It's not that there's... Not an infinite amount of energy out there, there is. But there's a finite amount of energy that one person can move at a time. And so what I do in that situation is I would energetically ask this person to open up and fan the flames of any embers they've got in there. Mm. And if they don't, it's not going to work. And that's what I'll tell the person that is asking me to do this. And that's a really common thing is trying to get somebody to have more feelings than what they do rather than acknowledge that this isn't working and go out and find someone that really is on the same yeah. page that they are. I always tell my clients, you know, I can work so much better if you will just let me find the soulmate, the person that is right where you need to be and wants to be with you. No, I need this ex that's left me four times.
1: Hmm. So how do you go about finding somebody for someone who says, all right, Katrina, you know, I've had bad luck. I strike out all the time. Help Mm me.
0: Well,
2: should that person ever come to me, (laughs) what I would do, (laughs) because they all want the wrong person. What I would do is I would work through a number of soulmate rituals, but it really, my favorite kind of magic, it comes back to opening them up. Most of the time, if a person is not finding love, if they're not finding a partner that's on the same beat and the same page with them, it's because they made determinations, maybe even long ago, that they are not worthy of that kind of love or that they can't sustain that kind of relationship. And so they have this negative thought running through the background of everything they're doing that is a... a, process to try to find somebody, and that Mm -hmm. contaminates it. And so what I would do is energetically do a cleansing for them, and then maybe some spell work to build up the energy around them that says, I'm attractive, I have a lot to bring to the table, I'm a good person, I'm independent. But part of that is also making sure that they are ready to take on a passenger, that they really are ready to sustain a relationship.
1: But how much of this negativity that this person has in them, or believes they have in them, has been in, mm-hmm. in, put into them by, a, by another person. For example, uh, a parent who says, you'll never be good at this, you'll never mm-hmm. be good at that. You know, you'll know, you never find anyone who will accept you for the way you are. Almost all of it. Really, eh?
2: Now, there are people who will curse someone, mm-hmm. who are they're very angry at this person. They know that vulnerability for them is being alone. And so they'll say, I'm I'm going to do spell work and send energy toward you that puts up blocks to you having a relationship. And that energy comes into their energetic field and has an effect and is usually going to play off of previous insecurities, such as the parent situation you just described. So it just amplifies it.
1: Unbelievable.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: What is your... What is your most popular, if you'll excuse the expression, spell that people ask you to perform for them?
2: Bring back my ex.
1: Oh, gosh.
2: Exactly. It's a point, I mean, and again, I've been doing this for 10 years, where it's just, oh, please, God, no, ask me for anything (laughs) else. But they just want those exes to come back. It's it's like it's a point of failure for them that they need to course correct in some way. And I don't think they ever even want the person back, Rob. I think they want the control back.
1: They're exes for a reason. Right? Yeah.
2: Yeah, you're absolutely correct. And then, I mean, I have lots of people that do get their exes back. We do the work, it pulls the energy back. They're mm-hmm. creating inroads that I can follow to get there. And then they get them back and don't know what to do with them. It's like a dog that's been chasing a car and caught it. (laughs) And so then they're stuck in the same horrible relationship they were in five years ago, being reminded of why they left in the first place.
1: Stand by. You and I have to take our break for the news at the bottom of the hour. And Dexone Nation, our guest this hour is Katrina Rasbold. Two websites, Crossroads Occult. And KatrinaRaspel.com. And we'll both be back on the other side of this break. Whatever you do, don't go away.
0: Looking for you (laughs) Single bars and good time lovers Were never true Playing a fool's game Hoping to win And telling those sweet lies And losing again
1: And welcome back. If you're looking for another heart, looking for love, give our guest a contact on her website, rasbull.com or crossroadsoccult.com. I guess Johnny Lee said it best in that song, didn't he?
2: He sure did. And all the wrong places is anywhere in the past. Just keep moving forward. Like Dory, just keep swimming. Just keep swimming.
1: That's right, eh? But Mm -hmm. Dory kept on saying, do I know you? Who are you? <laughs> um, <laughs> by the way, that's one of my favorite movies of all time, Nemo. Well, my
2: cats are named, we have shop cats here at the shop, and yeah? they're named Dory and Nemo.
1: Oh, wow, cool. Does mm-hmm. does Dory follow Nemo, or does Nemo kind of look at Dory there's, saying, why are you following me?
2: There's a story there. See, Nemo <laughs> is this gigantic orange Maine Coon, and my husband had always wanted a big orange cat. His Vocal instructor called him up and said, listen, i got to tell you, there's a big orange cat at the, the pound. you got to go there and get it. He went to outreach. We were looking for the orange cat, couldn't find the orange cat. This cat was doing circles around our legs trying to get us to take it. She led us to the big orange cat, so she was Dory. He um, was already named Nemo.
1: Oh, my gosh. That's a beautiful story. I believe, yeah. I believe in, in helping out the shelters myself. So thank you for doing that for yeah. the animals.
2: They're big, beautiful shelter babies. They've been with us for almost three years.
1: Oh, my gosh, that's wonderful. Uh, How often, in your opinion, should a person get a spiritual cleansing to remove curses and and crossings, even if they don't know they have them?
2: It's really about spiritual hygiene and and good self-care. And it depends on what your level of threat is. So, for instance, the average person, I would say maybe once a year, maybe once every two years or so, if you live a low-key life. But if you're a social worker, if you're a teacher, if you're a first responder, if you're a cop, if you're an energy worker, if you're in some position where you are around negativity all the time, if you live with a highly toxic person, you're going to need to be, be done more often. Uh, my associates and I, we, we get cleansed out at least once a week.
1: Well, I would imagine that doing the jobs that you do and helping the people you do, you're you know, you're faced with toxicity all the time.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, we can't shield when we go into a person's energy because if we do, we can't get our energy through to them and we can't pull their energy into us. And so, we can't really take those precautions that the average person would take to shield against energy because we need to go into the energy. And so we are at a higher risk. People like acupuncturists and Mm -hmm. chiropractors and anybody that is releasing or moving energy through a person is at high risk.
1: Fascinating. Um, I read somewhere that you use an egg after cleansing. What's what's all that about?
2: The egg actually is the cleansing. So the, the cleansing that I do, is a three-part session, and that doesn't even include the intake, which the intake itself is a form of cleansing because a lot of times people are telling you things they haven't told anybody else. And so what we do once we establish a cleansing is needed is we'll use something like uh, sage or juniper or sweetgrass or some sort of cleansing agent to use smoke just to cleanse out the person's aura and get them comfortable and Start the cleansing, and then we use a, an uncooked egg, still mm-hmm. in the shell, and rub it on the person to draw out the impurities and the toxicities that are in there. And then we crack the egg into a jar of blessed water, cap it up, and the configuration of the egg tells us what we pulled out.
1: So I've heard of tea lead readers, but I've never heard mm-hmm. of an egg reader before.
2: A similar process, actually. Yeah. There are specific formations that the egg is going to take inside the water
0: mm-hmm.
2: that tell us if the person is cursed, if they're cross, if they have large traumas that they're dealing with, if they have attachments, if they've got spirit guides mm-hmm. around them, if uh, they've got a family curse. So really, we work energetically with them when we're doing the cleansing. But it's not until we break open the egg in the jar that we really know what we were working with.
1: So I imagine you could not do this over the Internet or through Skype or through Zoom.
2: I do that all the time. Most of my work is remote.
1: But but how do you do it with the egg, remotely?
2: I, When I do a remote cleansing on a person, mm-hmm. I ask them to send me a photograph of themselves where I can see their face. Right. And it can't be your high school portrait. I need to see what you look like now. Yeah. And then I will use a proxy vessel. In my case, it's a teddy bear. And I invite the teddy bear to take on a little bit of of that person's energy into them. And since they have given me permission to do this because they contracted me to do it, uh, then I can pull just a tiny bit that they won't even miss out and put it into the bear just long enough that I can do the cleansing on the bear. And it'll have an effect on the person. In fact, with Reiki, in Reiki 2 training, distance uh, healing is a very big part of that. And so it's just an energetic exchange between me and the person. So you have to be very adept at energetically connecting with somebody else to be able to do distance healing.
1: So do you keep using the same teddy bear over and over and over? Do you have to cleanse the teddy bear after?
2: My my teddy bear is named Barracuda, Mm -hmm. and he's a badass. He is absolutely fearless, and he will go in anywhere. I've been using him for about four years now. And I clean him out when he needs it. Uh, usually, right after the person leaves, I, I have this is going to sound foolish, but I ask him if he's okay and does he need anything. <laughs> Sometimes he just wants to be held for a little while. And it was a particularly rough one. And then I just lay him on a little piece of selenite just to let him detoxify. <sighs> you don't get to have these conversations every day, Rob. You know, I do, but...
1: <laughs> well, believe, believe it or not, I've been doing this show for 32 years, and I've heard some rather unique things, but I've never heard of a teddy bear that's been used as a cleansing agent.
2: Well, think of all the years mm-hmm. and all well, generations of people that have used tools like puppets or voodoo dolls or yeah. effigies to represent another person in spell work, and it's a similar thing you are effecting an energetic change through a tangible object that is attached to another person.
1: You know, I, I can understand that if somebody is sitting in front of you. Mm-hmm. But I still have problems understanding how it works long distance. For example, through the telephone, via Skype, by Zoom, mm-hmm. or any remote mm-hmm. technique. Help me understand that.
2: Well, when you are interacting with somebody on the phone or through Skype or Zoom or for me when I'm just looking at their picture, you're reading their energy. So when you're interviewing me, Mm -hmm. you're reading my energy to gauge the flow of the interview um, and how possibly I'm going to respond to a question that you're asking. Right. And so it's about knowing people and being able to connect well with people. And in this case, these are people who have invited me in like a vampire, so I can go in. <laughs> and it's just a skill that you develop over time. It, you know, energy mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily conform to our corporeal understanding. You know, when we touch a table, it feels solid, but it's actually moving energy Right. when we get down to subatomic level. And energy can move. Energy can flow. Energy can move from one person to another. So... The way that we talked about walking into that room and knowing those people were angry or upset. Right. When does that happen? Do you have to see the person to feel that? Nope. Nope. So you just get better at broadening that radar.
1: Gotcha. Now, when we're talking about negative energy, could this be interpreted as a negative entity?
2: What happens with the entities, in my experience? Now, Mm -hmm. I used to do actual exorcisms. I'm way too old for that now. Far too strenuous for me. Uh, I didn't enjoy it at all. But uh, that was a different type of entity reaction. There you're dealing with. That's a whole other interview. (laughs) Actually, it's a long conversation. Well, why why don't we do this? Twelve minutes.
1: Why don't we do this? It's a
2: different thing. (laughs) Why don't we
1: do this? I've got to take my commercial break coming up in about twenty seconds, Mm -hmm. so we'll hold on until we come back. All right? Yeah,
2: let's hold that thought. We'll talk about the issues when we come back, if that's
1: okay with you. That's that's great. Exonation. Our guest this hour is Katrina Rasbold. Two websites: CrossroadsOccult.com and KatrinaRasbold.com. And don't forget Exonation. If you like classic music, if you like classic rock, if you like classic talk, there's a brand new radio station that I have fallen in love with. And it's 1220 CFAJAM right here in St. Catharines, Ontario. Listen to them online. People listen to them around the world at www.classic. 1220.am and I'll be back on the other side with Katrina as we wrap up this hour here in the XO from our broadcast center and studios in Crystal Beach, Ontario, Canada.
0: Well, I spent a lifetime looking for you. single bars and good time lovers were never true Hey there Georgie girl, swinging down the street so fancy free, nobody you meet could
1: Welcome back, everyone. Katrina Raspold is our special guest. And Katrina, first of all, I'd like to thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to join us here on the X Zone. We appreciate what you do.
2: Well, thank you for having me on. It's been a joy.
1: All right. Let's talk about the darker side of the, of the existence that is out there that many people, thankfully, do not encounter. Tell us about the negative entities. Uh, you know, it seems that when I talk to paranormal investigators, more and more are talking about Demonic energy, demonic uh, attacks, demonic possessions. Now, are these actual possessions as you yourself as a former exorcist would get involved with?
2: Sometimes. Now, I've got to say that when I did this for the mm-hmm. years that I did, I would probably get a call for an exorcism maybe every two or three months. It wasn't that common that somebody... I was having an experience that they sought to bring in an exorcist. And a lot of them didn't want to go to priests because they felt they were going to have to make a so that they would be judged in some way. Mm-hmm. And um, so they called me. And most of the time what was happening in that case was someone was behaving in a way they didn't want them to behave. So a lot of the exorcisms I had were, my wife is cheating on me, so she must be possessed. My child won't listen to me, so they must be possessed. And obviously that wasn't the case in that situation. And so we would handle that differently. But there were maybe one out of ten or so that I would get where I could say, yeah, there was something going on there. And, and that was a demonic possession. And so what you're really doing, and you think it's going to be like John Constantine, where you're coming in with your cigarette, you know, hanging, and you're mirroring your hand, ready to just, you know, go into the other dimensions it's not like that. You're really just holding somebody, restraining them for all seven, ten hours while they vomit and oh poop gosh. and curse at you. And, <laughs> and, and you're working to pull this thing out.
1: It must be very so strenuous on you yourself as the exorcist.
2: It's very strenuous, and and I, my last one was pretty rough. And I just said, you know, I'm I'm not doing this anymore. If it was one of the normal things where, mm-hmm. like I said, somebody was just behaving in a way that you didn't want them to, then I would just take the person aside and say, listen, I got you. I know what's going on. I'm gonna beat on this pillow. I need you to act like something's happening. <laughs> I would ask to see them alone, of course, and, and we would feign an exorcism, and Grandma's happy. So, but I would tell them, you're going to have to get your act together because they're not liking this. So, but those were the ones that were simpler, where it really was just a behavioral issue. Sometimes I would get people that were detoxifying or coming off of really horrible drug addiction. And so they were having withdrawals, and people thought that they were possessed. And then you just look for medical assistance,
1: Wow, so what would happen with the entity that that you would take out of the person as the exorcist? What would happen to the demon?
2: I used a lot I did a lot of mirror work to put them into mirrors and and bury them or put them away in some way. Mm. Uh, I did learn a couple of things that were uh helpful tools. I found that they were re- the types of ones that I dealt with were responding very aggressively to calling in the Blessed Mother or Our Lady that of Guadalupe. That was a big name. They, they were more apt to leave if I brought in a female than a male deity. And so I could usually get them to, to go and, and leave and, and not trouble this person anymore. But I, if I had to, I would trap them. I'd rather they just left.
1: How dangerous are Ouija boards, in your opinion?
2: It's pretty much like Parker Brothers' uh, manufacturer a chainsaw to give to little kids.
0: Ooh.
2: It's not good. It's just not good. A lot of what we do is intention. And most kids don't have the intention to pull down a spirit. But if they're following the directions that are included in the actual game itself, they could. And so I I don't think they're great. I don't use them because they slow me down. I'd rather just channel. But as a point of clarity, Mm -hmm. what I'm pulling out when I pull out an entity with an egg now is nothing like anything we do with an exorcist. It's something totally different. And so I wanted to make that clarification.
1: Here we are with the week uh, of Halloween. How do you celebrate Halloween?
2: (laughs) I'll be working. (laughs) I wish it was more exciting than that you know we'll have some wonderful rituals here at the mm-hmm. shop that people attend uh for myself we lost our home in the Caldor fire a couple months ago it burned to oh, the ground no. and so we have just moved into a new rental unit behind a gate and so we probably won't have any trick or treaters this year all of our children are gone so we don't celebrate very much as far as halloween comes but we'll uh we'll do some things here at the shop for the people that come by and want to have a uh, a nice Salon ritual or Celebrate Halloween with, you know, some candy out for the kids and that sort
1: of thing. How has it been over the last two years, you know, with the COVID, the political unrest, um, and and everything else that people have been going through? Have you found that there is much more demand for your services than before?
2: Oh, Rob, Lord help us. It's so bad. So not only is there a higher need for people to have... Inner, ma- magical or spell work mm-hmm. to um, manage their issues that they've got in life. That's uh, it's Sure, that's profitable. I appreciate them coming to me. I appreciate the business. But what we've got going on right now in the last two years is really challenging, and that is that we've got a whole lot of people who are very suddenly empathic who are not normally empathic. And that's because the herd is at risk. Oh. We have a disease out there that's killing people. Mm-hmm. We have political discord. People are wanting to kill each other. Yeah. And so it's like the gazelles where one old gazelle in the back of a thousand gets picked off, and then the whole herd says, what just happened? What just went on? Something's wrong. And so we've got all these people that are tuning into each other because they know that there's a risk. We've also got masks, which I, I have no problem with masking, But the effect of the mask is you can't read people's faces. And so people are having to dig really deep into these old skills they haven't used. And so we've got a lot of people that are not used to dealing with the energy of other people who are suddenly having to deal with the energy of other people.
1: How can people best cope?
2: Go hide. (laughs) (laughs) But in absence of that, just make sure that you're using good grounding and shielding techniques. Take lots of showers and let the day wash off of you. Hold black rocks so that you can drain the energy into the, the black rock to give to Mother Earth. To even just old Black River rocks or the salt mm. massage tool, or rocks or whatever you got. Just uh, make sure that you're using good discretion about the people you spend your time around. And the worst thing in the world is people getting ratcheted up about social media. Yeah. That creates so much anxiety on people.
1: What are your final thoughts, and what would you like to share with the Exxon Nation tonight?
2: Just, oh, Lord help all of you. Just take care of yourselves. Just be responsible for your spiritual hygiene, for who you are in the world, and for the energy that you put out there. And make sure that you're proud every night when you go to bed, that you've done, you represented yourself well.
1: Be the best you can be.
2: Be the best person you can be.
1: One final question. How can somebody listening tonight know if they're possessed or not?
2: You know, most people are not possessed. You know, the entities that I pull out, what that means is that you have different negative energies inside you that have started to work together. They've become cooperative. And they're still low-level energies. So what you can do is you know, you can come see a person like myself or work by remote and have somebody do a cleansing on you. If somebody's charging you more than $100 for a cleansing, then it's a rip-off. Mine are 65 but, I mean, you shouldn't pay more for a cleansing than you pay for a really, really good haircut. You can also take baths with things like rosemary, which is very cleansing and calming. Just, um, you know, you. but as far as the symptoms go, usually it's because you feel like, You're not you. You just, something feels off. Most people can tell right away that they're having thoughts that are intrusive that are not their thoughts. And that's when we start looking toward pulling something out with an
1: egg. Time has come when you and I must say so long. And I do want to thank you ever so much for joining us. But please let our listeners know what your websites are because we'd like them to go and visit.
2: Sure. CrossroadsOccult.com. And then uh, KatrinaRaspo.com. Those are the two best places to find me.
1: Katrina, please don't be a stranger, and I look forward to the next time you and I meet here in the X-Zone. Until then, be well, be safe.
2: Thank you, Rob. Take care.
1: Good night now. Exonation. once again, my guest this hour has been Katrina Rasbold, and as she said her websites are crossroadsoccult.com and katrinarasbold.com. Now, I will be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news at six and a half minutes past the top of the hour as we continue here in the Exxon with yours truly, Rob McConnell, from our broadcast center and studios in Crystal Beach, Ontario, Canada. Once again, if you'd like to find out what's on, the Exxon TV channel exclusive to Simul TV. Visit www.simultev.com.